You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. We love having you here. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so you can be sure to be updated on every single one of our new episodes, which is usually, aka all the time, about twice a week. So come join us as we chat all things business, life, and healthy living. Now, today's episode is for any creative entrepreneur or small business owner who gets a little squeamish when it comes to the finances of your business. If you feel super confident creating and selling products and services you offer, but when it comes to looking at and making decisions based on your profit and loss statements, if your head does cartoon-like question marks all over the place, (laughs) or if you're sitting there not even knowing what a profit and loss statement is... Today's episode is tailor-made for you, my friend. Today, we sat down with Lorianne Kuntz, a virtual bookkeeper and CFO for creative entrepreneurs, to talk about everything bookkeeping, finances, payroll, and more. Lorianne strives to bridge the gap between traditional accountants and business owners. Whether you are just starting out or have been in business for years, her mission is to help you feel peace and confidence about your finances. Now today, Lorianne dropped so much information, but in the most easy to understand and approachable way possible. She covered questions such as, what is the difference between a bookkeeper and an accountant? Which should you hire first? Benefits of being a sole proprietor versus an LLC versus an S-corp when it comes to your books and taxes. How to logistically pay yourself as an owner, depending on if you're a sole proprietor, an LLC, or if you're an S-corp, because yes, you do need to do it differently depending on how your business is set up how much you can hand over to a bookkeeper versus what you should stay on top of as the owner or CEO, how to approach your finances without feeling intimidated or overwhelmed, how to set up your finances easily and quickly to help push your business to success, and best softwares and apps to keep tabs on your numbers. Like, take a deep breath because that was a lot. But seriously, that is just a small taste of what's to come in today's show. We promise you're going to feel such relieved clarity in how to approach your numbers after this episode with Lorianne. It is so jam-packed. I for sure recommend having a notebook for this one. Now, get ready to fall in love with the sweetest girl and her brilliant mind. Let's get started with Lorianne Kuntz. I've got two words for you that will seriously up-level your business. You ready for it? Niche down. We're sure you've heard it a million times, huh? Like everyone and their mom tells you to niche down, but maybe you're still struggling to see the benefits. Well, we're here to tell you from experience, it will in fact help you sell and scale in the long run. And once we actually did niche down ourselves, um, it worked. Our businesses soared. Which is why we want to give you an explanation and then teach you step-by-step exactly how to niche down. You excited? Because we know that we are. Go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash niche to begin the process of honing in on your area of expertise. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Lori Ann, oh my gosh, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are beyond excited to have you here. I'm so excited too. I love it. Well, you mentioned before we started recording that 
you, this was the first podcast you listened to when starting your business, right? Yeah. So I had a friend of mine that was like, Hey, you should listen to this podcast. Like they're awesome. And so I've been listening to you guys like my whole business life, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh. I love it. This is such a full circle moment. This makes my heart like so happy that you're here today. Yeah. It's I just know. crazy. I'm like, I was telling my husband, I'm like, Oh my word, I'm going to be on this podcast. I'm like, I went to their conference and now I'm going to be on their podcast. Like it's oh. so fun. I love it. We were literally joking. I was like, you, so well, well, we'll get into what you specialize, but we were just joking before we started recording of how like you in the more financial space is like perfect for marketing yourself at like a creative conference where you're like surrounded with, with like people that need you basically. Yeah. I know <laughs> clients right there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. So well, good. let's just dive in before like, you know, we get to the goods, tell people who you are and what you do and how you kind of got into what you do, if that makes sense. Yeah. So my name is Lorianne, as you guys know. Um, but I kind of grew up, my parents were entrepreneurs and they had multiple different businesses. And I kind of like just started loving numbers from the get-go. Um, I saw my dad, like really, you have to have numbers and financials to be able to run a business and be able to grow it. And so as I was going through school, I was like, you know what? Like I want to be able to learn a little bit more of this. So I started working for him, like when I was 12 or 13, like just a little bit and helping my mom out with like the bookkeeping and stuff. And I just loved it. So I would say like bookkeeping and finances is just like in me, like from the get go. Um, but yeah, so I went along that and I was like, you know what, I want to become a tax accountant, go down that path. And I did, but whenever I started working for an accounting firm, I was like, you know what, like we get their taxes out and then the clients and the um, business owners, they don't really know what to do with those financials. They don't have a month to month guidance on like, you know what, let's use this. And um, this is what my finances are saying in order to increase profit and specifically with creative entrepreneurs, because I mean, you guys are creatives. I'm not good at creative stuff, but I'm good at finances. And then it's most of the time opposite for creatives. And they're like, well, what are my numbers saying? Like it gives me stress and anxiety. So yeah. that's kind of where I dove down and I'm like, you know what? Like, I really want to help these people um, because I see a really big need there. Um, and a lot of times that's just what they're missing to just continue to propel their business forward. Mm, that's so freaking true. And it's, it's, very difficult, I think, for creative entrepreneurs to recognize the importance of numbers until you have like a big wake up call moment. At least that's in my experience with like coaching entrepreneurs, Lindsay's and I's personal experiences as well. I almost think sometimes you don't understand how valuable and important numbers are until you're scared. Amen to that. Or in trouble or like, you know, whatever. There's tough lessons to be learned for creatives when it comes to numbers. So I love that it's like your whole mission, Lorian, is just how can I help entrepreneurs avoid like those pain points of business when it comes to numbers? Yeah. And just getting to like a point of, you know what, it's not scary. It's just something that I need to use this tool and utilize it and be able to understand what's happening. And you can do that without having accounting background and listening to all these like, it's like a different language almost, right? Like, mm -hmm. and that's one thing that I really like to do with my clients and the people that I coach and help is like, you know what, let's like break this down in like terms that you understand. Like you can understand finances without knowing debits and credits and equity and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, wait, can we just for like anybody out there, I think especially creative entrepreneurs, we get in our heads and then we're like, oh, okay, I need like financials. Can you just break down maybe like the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper? Just like keeping it basic just to start off with. 
Yes, and I love that we're starting out with this. So an accountant is more towards taxes, okay? And a bookkeeper would be more towards a month-to-month or week-to-week guidance on like, you know what, this is what your finances are saying. This is how you can utilize what's coming in and the information that's coming in and going out of your business in order to continue to grow your business. Whereas on the accountant, on the other hand, we get to the end of the year, the bookkeeper sends the finances over to the accountant, is like, here you go, this is what they can you can utilize and use for the tax return. And then they take that and strategize and implement things in order to like get the taxes done and the best tax strategy to pay less to the IRS. Um, And I would like to look at it as doctors. Okay. So there's different types of doctors. There's like a cardiologist, there's a pediatrician, there's different things in there, although it's under the same umbrella. So bookkeepers and accountants are under the same finances umbrella, but we each have our own specialized things. And I was actually just on a call with an accountant before. And he's like, you know what? Like I'm really good at taxes, but I don't a hundred percent understand. And I can't support my clients with the bookkeeping part because I'm so into the tax side of things. Whereas I'm the opposite is I really can understand and help like project and cash flow and all this stuff. Whereas I might not be a hundred percent up to date with the recent tax changes. I love this conversation. So my question, Lorianne, for you would be for the entrepreneur, creative entrepreneur listening to this right now, who maybe has been filing their own taxes or, you know, just working with an end of year CPA on occasion or anything like that, which would you recommend getting first? Like an accountant or a bookkeeper or both at the same time? (laughs) Yeah, I would... Okay, so if you are filing your taxes on your own, if you have clean numbers and like you are up to date with your bookkeeping, then you can usually file it on your own pretty easily. If you just have like you're operating as a sole proprietor, so just under like your own name, or you just have an LLC. But whenever you start getting more, your business is continuing to grow. I would say it's about the same switch. And a lot of times people will come to me and they have like that freak out moment, like they're starting to hit a certain number in their business or their revenue. And they're like, I don't even know what's going on, or I don't know what my profit is. And a lot of times my clients will come to me like, hey, I need a bookkeeper. I need to understand what's happening. And then we also, I go ahead and refer out a CPA. So a lot of times it's at the same moment is like, okay. okay, this is like a legit business stuff is happening and we need to get this under control. And so I would say most of the time, it's the same around, I don't know, within like six months of each other. So if people would come on to me now, I'm like, let's get a CPA for the end of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, okay. For anybody that is doesn't have a bookkeeper currently and they're listening to this and they're like, okay, well, maybe I just started my business. Like sell us on why we all need a bookkeeper. Like what's the, what's, I, I know you kind of dipped your toe a little bit in that last question of just saying like, hey, as your books get more complicated, but like, what does that mean to somebody who is not a financial like guru? Yeah. And so I would say like, as you continue to grow your business and whenever you're first starting out, you can just, you can utilize like a spreadsheet or something. And then you start making more money. You're schedule gets booked up. I mean, we're all entrepreneurs. Like we only have a limited amount of time. Um, Schedules get booked up. We don't, we're not able to do everything and wear all the hats. And then the bookkeeping starts falling behind. And then it goes one month and then two months and then three months. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I don't even know what I'm profiting. Um, Or specifically, let's talk like photographers, for example, might be doing a lot of destination stuff, but like, okay, how much is like all my travel expenses costing me? Am I like, making, like, am I getting reimbursed from the client for that? 
is, are all my finances running out or running in line for that? Um, cause I have a lot of people I'm like, um, your plane ticket costed this, but like you only charge your customer this. So we need to like, make sure the finances line up there. So things like that is we need to, as you continue to grow, it might get pushed aside. Whenever it starts getting pushed aside and it's not getting done, that's whenever you need a bookkeeper, um, mm-hmm. in order to be able to, at the end of every month, you get reports and you're like, Hey, this is what your income was. These are where, um, your different profits or your income streams were the most. And this is where you need to focus the most time from. This is where you can cut back. This is, um, the amount you need to set aside for taxes. Um, that way, whenever estimated taxes come along. So it's kind of whenever you start, like I said, just, it gets pushed aside. You start getting overwhelmed. You think about numbers and finances and your profits and you're just like, Nope, shut that door. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> I love that you just said that. Cause I feel like that's so accurate to creative entrepreneurs. <laughs> we just, we just like bury our heads in the sand or, you know, h- hide under the bed curled up in a ball. And we're just like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know what's going Literally. on. Literally. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's like, it's very natural for those of us who maybe don't have a natural bent towards numbers or maybe we have experiences from childhood or past businesses or anything like that where numbers were scary or overwhelming or stressful. What would you say, Lorianne, to that person who is feeling that right now? Maybe does maybe has like an end of year bookkeeper or is doing their own books, whatever. They they don't, I mean, end of year accountant, CPA, but they don't have like a bookkeeper. They don't have somebody kind of coming alongside and making the numbers less scary for them. So they're currently in that place of hiding under the bed, curled in a ball, like avoiding numbers. Do you have thoughts or anything you would want to say to that listener on kind of, I don't know, practical steps on how to change their perspective or mindset tips or any advice that you would give to them of how to shift their perspective and view of numbers and finances? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, So I think a lot of it, like you touched on like past experiences. So all of our money, like mindset and the way that we view money is from our past, whether it's childhood, how we grew up, or like you said, Evie, about like um, past businesses and what's happened then, or even in the business you have right now. Um, It's like, okay, what has happened in order to make you think about money this way? But the biggest tip and advice I I have heard, so I'm not going to take credit on this, um, but it's like view money as a rock or as a brick. So it's not good or bad. Um, cause a lot of times people will come to me and be like, Oh, well they'll get a certain amount of money. Like, okay, I don't want to be like that rich person and have a bunch of money and be snarky. And I'm like, no, the money in itself is not bad. Um, it's what you do with the money that's d- dictates if it's good or bad. So that brick mm-hmm. can be used to build a house or it can be used to, um, throw it through a window. And so it's what we Mm -hmm. do with that money. And also, I mean, we can look back at like what the Bible says and what the scripture says. And it's like, it's for the love of money is the root of all evil, not money in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes back to just like what we're doing with our money and then realizing that we're blessed with this money and this is what the Lord's given us. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Ah, I just love, I love that (laughs) you just brought that in. I think that's so important for people to hear. My next question is maybe a little bit more tactical. Um, Again, I'm just coming at this from like the perspective of like, I'm listening to this as a listener and I'm like, I need help with finances. (laughs) Um, So my question is when, say I've just hired a bookkeeper, I hired you or I hired another bookkeeper, whatever. When you do your job as an entrepreneur, CEO, what kind of numbers should I be looking for in like 
the bookkeeping documents that you create for me. So like an income statement or like, maybe I don't even know that, like, what should I be looking for? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it kind of depends. Most bookkeepers will give you like a profit and loss or income statement. Um, they're interchangeable titles um, or like in a balance seat, a balance sheet, um, as well as like a cash flow statement. Not all of them provide a cash flow statement, but I, and it always depends on the type of business you have. So like an agency model is going to look different than someone that's just operating on their own. Um, and so like their profit percentage is going to be a lot more if you're operating on your own versus agency versus an e-commerce business. Um, and so it's kind of looking at, um, I look like to look at month over month and just seeing the trends of income and expenses and seeing if things are going up in a certain um, revenue stream, if it's going down and play that against your ads. If you're running ads, um, it's a lot of just like looking at that PL and seeing like, okay, where are things jumping out at you? Where are things going up and going down? Are my profits continuing to rise? If they're not, what what's taken away from that profit? Has my sales decreased? Has my expenses increased? Um, what's happening there? And then also thinking through, um, I got a lot through my clients of switching to S-Corps. So whenever you switch to S-Corp, you will start running payroll through your own business and it will show up on the profit and loss as opposed to just taking money out as owner's draw. And this is getting like into the nitty gritty, but that's going to change the profit percentage. So it's kind of just like taking the numbers month over month and seeing like, okay, are my, where, where are my goals with my business? And are those numbers reflecting what my goals are? Mm. I I have so much that I want to say. Okay, wait. I like that. I'm <laughs> loving this conversation. First of all, I think I love that you went nitty gritty because I think it almost. It, I think that answer gave such a good visual for why having a bookkeeper helps you make decisions as the owner of a business. Like you just mm-hmm. said, it's like, hey, track your expenses and your and your um, profits or revenue, whatever. Um, and see like, Hey, is more money coming in or are we, are our expenses higher than our profit? That's a problem. It just helps you, I think, make decisions. But then I also actually liked, could we like, this is kind of off topic, but kind of not, but I think a lot of people need to hear it. Me included. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, I, maybe this is a selfish question because I'm literally dealing with this right now, but like when people change from an LLC to an S corp, I like that you said you have to take I don't even know how to wrap my head around this question. What did you just say? You had to take payroll instead yeah. of just like doing yeah. a uh, like a direct deposit from your business bank account into your personal account, which I feel like is what most people when they first start their business just do. It's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to transfer from my business bank into my personal bank. And that's, I think, called a distribution, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like owner's draw, owner's distribution. So my question is like, maybe this, I don't even know if this is a question or I'm just like ideating with you, but what, why and how do you need to like, what, 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 I guess when I became an S corp, this is selfish. When I became an S corp, I literally like my, my account was like, you have to take, like, you have to put, give yourself a W2 and, and take like a payroll. And I was like, what, how is that? Here's the question. How is payroll different than like transferring from one bank account to the other? Does that make sense? Okay. So as an LLC or as if you're operating under like a sole proprietor, so just your name, you just transfer, like what Lindsay said, you just transfer from your business to your personal account. And that's just called an owner's draw. And you can do it whenever, however you want. 
Um, but when you cre- go to be an S corp, what happens is the IRS requires you to pay yourself through payroll. So like you're an employee of your own company. And then with that, you will pay, uh, it will get withheld like payroll taxes. So like federal income tax, all the different things that you would have to pay. So that gets withheld from your paycheck. And then you will get a W-2 at the end of the year. And then that will go on your personal tax return. Then your business will have an S corp tax return. And because an S corp is a pass, this is getting into it. And S corp is a pass through entity. So the profit that your S corp makes on the end of the year will then also go on what's called a K one to your personal tax return. But what's happening is you don't have to pay fifteen point three percent of self employment tax on that profit, as opposed to if you were an LLC, then you would be paying that fifteen point three percent of self employment tax on that profit. Yes. So this is the juice that we need. (laughs) So this is why a vast majority of CPAs, it depends on your business model entirely, but this is why a a good chunk of accountants will encourage entrepreneurs to file as S-Corps because you get essentially a tax break because it's a pass-through entity, correct? Yes. Yes. But I personally don't recommend it until you hit about like 50,000 of profit in a year, just because you're going to have like payroll tax returns. Your tax return like is going to cost more at the end of the year. You're going to have more um, expenses with an S-Corp. So you kind of have to outweigh, like weigh the expenses of having an S-Corp over like how much you're going to be saving with um, the self-employment tax break. Okay. Yeah. that makes sense. That, so if that you're just sense. starting your business, stick to sole proprietor or LLC until you kind of hit that threshold where the numbers begin to really make sense and you're actually saving money and the extra forms. And I, I don't want to say like convo. Let me just <laughs> say it's a hassle to be an S. It's, it's a good for the tax break. But like literally my accountant's like, you need to like pay yourself. And I was like, that's what I do. I transfer from one bank account to the next. And he's like, no, no, like <laughs> write yourself a check. And I was like, that's the same thing. And he's like, to the tax people, it's not. <laughs> Have you ever been working with your team on a project and you're trying to do everything over email? And let's be real, things work well enough in the beginning, but once you start adding more than a couple of people or sharing more than a couple of files, the whole thing becomes a big old mess. We relate to that big time. We uh, started our team communication via text messaging. So let's just say that got very messy very fast. (laughs) Yes, this is where Basecamp comes in. Basecamp is designed to make managing projects easy for everyone. Basecamp offers a straightforward concept of project management, and it allows collaboration with internal team and clients. Yes, a lot of Basecamp customers use it to collaborate with clients, but it was also built to help teams stay in the loop of the work they need to do without overwhelming everyone with countless emails and notifications. The company as a whole is big on work-life balance, and you know we love that here too. Go to Basecamp.com forward slash heart and sign up today to start a free 30-day trial. There's no credit card required and you can cancel online at any time. Yes, if you want to know if Basecamp is right for your team, signing up for a trial is the best way to do so. Remember to go to Basecamp.com forward slash heart to get your free trial. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Listen up, entrepreneurs. Do you ever struggle with getting all of the nutrients that you need in a day? Because let's be real, you are busy as heck. Same. Introducing Athletic Greens. We've started taking AG1 because we wanted to see what all of the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally all the things. Yes, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And a friend of ours describes it as white gummy bear flavor, and that is very accurate. (laughs) Yes. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in the winter months when you don't get as much sunlight. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash heart. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash heart to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah. So I actually, I utilize like Gusto a lot for my clients. Oh, I love that you, I, I have, I'm about to like onboard with them. So I'm just, this is juicy. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. They'll be really helpful. And then it's easy. Like you can just do like direct deposit straight into your personal account, but they'll take care of like all the forms, the quarterly forms, end of year, like forms and stuff like that for the time. Wait, I have, I have another question. You just said direct deposit. Is that not the same thing as, as a, as like a distribution. Okay. So like a, an owner's a direct deposit is just whenever you don't have to like go physically to the bank. And so you can get like money and just like approve it on your payroll through Gusto and it will directly go into your personal account. So but it's, it's counted as it, but it's like counted a, as like payroll. So a direct wow. deposit wouldn't technically be a good description of what like an owner's draw is. Okay. An owner's draw is literally just like what I've done in the past yeah. of just like from one bank account to the next. Yes. Yep. I love this. I hope my dumbness is helping everyone else listening to this feel better. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. I have a question for you, Lorianne, on just in general, are there any like thoughts, tips, ideas for the creative entrepreneur listening to this who maybe hasn't really started diving into their finances, their numbers, hired a bookkeeper, anything like that? Is there anything that you would encourage or recommend for them to set up from day one or day 10 or wherever they're listening to this to begin thinking about or setting up now to kind of, I don't know, help them approach their numbers or have success within their business as a whole? Yeah. So the number one thing before anything else is to just have a separate bank account. It makes your life just so much easier. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Like stop the show right now and just go open it. Um, But yeah, so have a different bank account for business and personal transactions and like actually keep them separate. So like, Yeah. yeah, you might have them open, but really keep them separate. But then on top of that, some things to just like simplify stuff down. And I'm really like, okay, you know what? I pretty much consider myself like a minimalist. Like I don't have a lot of things and I do the same thing with my finances as well. Like I don't need all these bells and whistles and like 15 gazillion different bank accounts. So like kind of have a plan of what's going on. So I have my separate checking account for my business, but then I also have three or three total bank accounts for my business. So kind of get like in a rhythm of like, okay, I'm going to have my checking, which is going to be like my operating expense account. And then I'm going to have a tax savings account until we're at the end of every month. I want to transfer 30% of my profits over to that tax savings account. I don't touch it until estimated taxes come around. And then I know I have money there and I don't have to freak out and be like, where am I getting this money from? Mm-hmm. And then my That's third so account... Yeah. So like my third account is like what's called like a business slush fund, or that's what I label it as, um, to where it's like where I can save money to go to Lindsay and Evie's conference, or if I want to buy more like cameras or something like that. 
And I'm talking like photographers because I don't buy <laughs> cameras. Um, <laughs> You're like, not my expertise. Or if I, and then also on top of that, that third account, I put three months of operating expense account in or operating expenses in there to where if like everything shut down my business, I don't have to completely quit. Like I can still operate for three months on what I have in my bank account. And it might take you a little bit of time to get built up to that. Um, but that way you can continue to run and continue to like start getting clients back. Um, so it's kind of like, let's have separate bank accounts. Let's come up with a structure. And I like personally like three different bank account structures. Um, and then at the end of every month, I take like, hey, here's my profit. I'm going to put aside those that tax savings. And I'm going to go ahead and put the rest into like wherever I want to allocate the money if I'm saving up for something or if I want to put it in my um, like emergency fund type thing. Mm, I love, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, I have one more. Sorry. Yes. Oh, no, that's great. Only accept payments through like one or two different ways. Because I cannot tell you how many times people come to me and be like, yeah, so I accept payment through Stripe, PayPal, Venmo, Square, HoneyBook, Dubsado. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, you can't, it's very difficult to do your bookkeeping whenever that happens. So, Lori, I feel slightly attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't mean to. Every every multi passionate entrepreneur that like does like their service through HoneyBook or like has affiliates or like has people like pay through PayPal, I'm just like, they feel attacked too. It's fine. This is good. We need to hear it. (laughs) It just makes your life harder. So, I'm just trying to make it easier on you. Yeah. We appreciate. We appreciate. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, my next question is where does the role of bookkeeper end and the role of owner slash CEO of your business start in the sense of like, how much information should we know about our finances and how much can we completely like leave to you? If that makes sense. Yeah. So like, okay. So for my monthly bookkeeping clients where I take on like pretty much everything, I categorize stuff. I put it in there. I keep an eye out for when and where and how they need to become an escort. Um, And then I go in, categorize stuff, make sure they're not missing things, make sure personal stuff isn't leaking through, or they might be missing other trends, like business transactions that went through their personal account. I just keep a good eye on their finances at the end of the month, but like each week and cash flow stuff, just to make sure you're not going to go in the red. That's kind of where I have my clients and the CEO and the owner takes over. Like, okay, when should I pay this bill? When should I... um, invoice this or when should I pay myself? That's kind of where they start taking over and monitoring like the cash flow side of stuff. Um, and then also like in the online space, a lot of times clients will just like accept payment through like I was saying like HoneyBook or something. So I don't personally like invoice and manage the HoneyBook. So like my clients will manage the HoneyBook and the invoices through there. Whereas I record the stuff on the back end and split everything out and then make sure everything's reconciled to the bank account, make sure everything's recorded for the tax purposes and then give my clients the reports and like, hey, this is what happened this month. Now this is what I see. Like, hey, why why is your subscriptions up so much? Like, can we cut that out? Or I've noticed this income stream is increasing more. Is that like in reflection of the ads you're running or is that because you're just pushing it more or should you really focus more on that because you haven't been focusing a lot of time on that? So it's kind of like, okay, here's the numbers. I'm recording this. This is what's happening. Now you can go ahead and take that and then utilize that. For me, I have Voxers for my clients. So a lot of times they'll be like, okay, so what do you think about this? I love it. I think that's so important too for for creative entrepreneurs to just kind of recognize the importance of, you know, keeping your eyes on things too. It's not, 
you can't just throw all of your books, all of your cash flow, all of your financial decisions at a bookkeeper and just assume that A, they're going to make all the decisions that you would, B, that they're going to catch every single thing under the sun, and C, that I don't even know that that they're truly doing their job well, which it's Lorianne, I know you do, but there are bookkeepers out there or Mm -hmm. CPA. There are people out there that you don't, just because they have uh, a business in finance doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing their job as well as they could be. And (laughs) learn that from experience. So keep your eyes on your numbers is what I would recommend. Yes, for sure. I love it. Okay. Um, Lorianne, do you have kind of like I don't know, like a power punch of any softwares or programs or apps or anything like that that you recommend for maybe the solopreneur right now who doesn't have a bookkeeper yet to kind of help them, you know, stay on top of those numbers and be able to see like maybe even small scale reports of what's going on in their books? Yeah, I would say like if you're just starting out, honestly, a spreadsheet's going to be your best bet. And the reason why is because if you use something like QuickBooks or Xero or like an accounting software, a lot of times there's like backend stuff. And if you don't full, like not fully, but have a little bit of insight in what accounting and what's happening on the backend, it's so easy to mess it up. And then your taxes are wrong and you might end up paying more in taxes. So if you're just starting out, just a simple spreadsheet's going to do just fine. And it might only take you like 10 minutes every month or every week to just go in and plug in the numbers. Um, and then you can see what happens. There's a lot of different like profit and loss spreadsheets out there. Um, I have one and I'll give a discount code to all of you guys, but you can go in and it like just punch in all of your income and expenses. And then it will like calculate, like, here's your profit for the month. This is how much to set aside for taxes. Um, this is like where your biggest income was going in. And it's, it takes not that much time to put everything in. You're just finding one that like you feel good at using. Oh, we love that. Wait, do you want to <laughs> give, do you want to give the code? Yeah. It could, it'll just be heart. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah. Great. Okay, great. <laughs> we'll, we'll put, we'll put all that information in the show notes. That's perfect. Yep. Okay. One of our last questions, we ask this to every guest. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? Um, I'm still learning it, <laughs> but having different, like, I don't know, different boundaries probably. And specifically mm-hmm. more because I have two little ones, a toddler and it's like eight month old. And so it's like, you know what? I have to be a mom whenever I'm with them. And then I also have to be a business owner and help my clients whenever I'm on for business. And so like, I need to have certain boundaries in both areas. And then even with like people in my personal life in order to do all the things. And I know mm-hmm. everyone listening as entrepreneurs, there's so many things going around. So one thing I have done this summer is take a step back and really reevaluate like what systems in my business can I like automatic or auto why can I not talk? <laughs> automate. <laughs> automate, yes. <laughs> automate. I got you. And then what things can I outsource? So like for me, I'm like all about like, yeah, let's outsource your bookkeeping, but then I have to like take my own advice and like yeah. things for me. <laughs> so yeah. that's the one thing that I've been working through this summer and it's really taught me a lot. Mm. That's amazing. I love that. Yay for boundaries. That's yeah. freaking life changing. <laughs> well, the next question in the rapid fire Q&A portion is, what is a favorite book that you've read recently if you're a reader? And if not, it's totally fine. Yes, I am a reader. So 
I have a lot of favorite books I've read recently, but I'll like drop them. (laughs) Give us the list. (laughs) So, okay. So my favorite fun book is Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren. Like, oh my gosh, wait, that's literally like on my, I have the book rented from the library. It's on my TBR. Yeah. I saw on your story and I'm like, oh, is she like reading it? Cause like, it's so good. Okay, well, I have beef with. I just read something Wilder, which is their, their newest one. Oh, yeah. I have beef with that one, but I'm ex- I've heard that Love in Other Words is good. Yeah, it's just it was so good. It made me so happy. Um, but then my business book that I've read recently and I finally got around to reading was The E Myth Revisited, and man, it was uh, so so good. <laughs> oh man. So good. So those are my two. I okay, love that. that. I remember Evie read the e-myth like a couple of years ago and she immediately was like, read this now. I think yeah. I like, did I voice message you? And I sent you like, I think like a 10 minute voice message being like, Lindsay, you have to read this book. <laughs> it's, it's, so a, true. it's a good one. Yeah, it's so good. And I think that's where a lot of my like, take a step back this summer and like reevaluate yeah. everything my yeah. business came from. Oh, it's a, I, it's a wake up call. It's a slap yeah. across the face for entrepreneurs in the best for way sure. possible. I love that you gave us like a rom-com and then a business. That was so fun. Okay. <laughs> we love it. Awesome. Thank you so freaking much for your time here today. You have given such, I feel like, aha moments of numbers and finances, answering the tough questions, giving that mindset shift on numbers aren't scary. They are a tool. They are a powerful tool, like how to approach them. Next steps for most entrepreneurs. Like you just gave so much in this episode. And I know our listeners are probably falling in love with just your calm, like simple, just powerful approach to numbers and probably wanting to learn more about you, potentially even working with you. So pitch yourself, girl. Like where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Where should clients or potential clients come to inquire with working with you? All of the things. Yeah. So I'm mainly on Instagram. It's Co. Um, And then you can just find me on my website. It's LorianneKuntz.com. Um, But yeah, if you're interested in working with me, learn more about the first services, there's like an inquiry form on my website. So that's kind of where I direct everybody for that. Um, but yeah, most of the time on Instagram. So feel free to DM me any questions or comments or anything. <laughs> Oh, love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Lorian. You, like Evie said, have just given us so much goodness and a very helpful breakdown of the payroll <laughs> and, and, and distribution. That's just so helpful. Um, I know a li- our listeners got so much more than even just that, but thank you so much for sharing and just taking time to be on our show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. 